Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing pretty good, Jody. Just How about pretty yourself? good. Oh, I'm dandy. I'm bubbly. I'm happy. I'm just. It's a. It's going to be a fun-filled day. All right. That sounds <laughs> great. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I get to get Why greasy the laps? this afternoon. Why are you feeling good? Uh, I mean, not that you shouldn't. Well, but, you know. I'm going to feel good when I get my car back together. I'm trying to be a, a, a wrench monkey. Is that what they call them? Wrench monkeys? I don't know. Uh, my car is in pieces at the moment, but it'll be back together later this afternoon. So I'll be Do dirty. you have a uh, greasy day ahead of you? I do. I do. I do. Yeah. Well, hopefully it won't be too greasy. But along with talking about grease. Yes. We're talking about master bus grease today. Right? We are. Greasing the master bus. In other words, what are you doing with your master bus in a mix? Yeah. Do you have anything on it? Don't you? What do you got there? Why are you doing that? And, and all those fun-filled facts of questions and answers. Yeah. So I suppose we should start with the elementary question. Do uh, you have something on your master bus? I do. Yes, I do. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, this very much comes down to workflow, obviously, that like we talked about before. There are several artists, several mix engineers that um, that don't, you know. Um, don't? Yes. There's, that, the, there's, there's a, is it an ongoing war where some people believe you must have something on your master bus and the other side going, no, piss off. There should be nothing on the master bus. Uh, yeah, I, I think war might be a strong word, but <laughs> um, no, but I think- Is it a political people, divide? No. Uh, oh, let's hope not. Let's give people a, a respite from all that yes. nonsense. Um, but I think it comes down to whatever your mentality is. I mean, you've discussed in prior episodes how um, you liked- in the past to keep your signal nice and unadulterated all the way through. So um, I guess this is a similar mindset and it's just what, what works for them. Now I would like to make the point too, is that when we're talking, or at least when I'm talking about what's on your master bus, I am not talking about mastering the track, like or any limiting on there. That type no, of thing. So, this is strictly about mixing right now. Yeah. The so other M to music. Right. <laughs> music, mastering, and mixing in, in a different order, hopefully. That's right. Um, but it's, um, for me, it's a way to add a uh, certain color and there's that word of cohesion to the mix or, or glue is the buzzword, right? Um, the buzzword glue? glue adding glue and vibe to the mix and depth and girth and all those big words <laughs> um, don't speak of what you do not know of <laughs> <laughs> why what are you implying nothing um so um i like i i have stuff on my master bus yes i do you do um, good for you i do so um and it's like everything else, I think it's been a work in progress where um, I've realized what I like to do and what I can add to it and to get me the result that I'm looking for um, a little bit smoother. And so I can kind of see, you know, where I'm heading with my mix. It's like a roadmap, predefined. Yeah. 
something like that, or at least in the ballpark, right? I know, okay, this is kind of where I want to go. So (laughs) I know I'm going to need this, this, and this to get me there. Um, And uh, yeah, so it's a smaller thing. So maybe I should go into- Well, let's, let's, uh, so here's a good question for you then, since you're putting stuff on your master bus, what type of things are you putting on your master bus? What are you doing? Why do you have like, what? Good question. So let me start um, start from the top, I suppose. Um, as I mentioned before, I am an avid Slate user. I like Slate stuff, but this is this is just my and it could be anything that does the same type of thing, obviously. But I start with a um, console emulation, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of times that would be kind of like an SSL. Uh, 4K um, E um, emulation, but but that can change on, on any mix, but that's just where I usually start. I also have a very gentle slope EQ on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have now at this point, I'm using the, uh, again, the Slate custom series I have on there. Um, at first, this is doing nothing. It's just there. Should I need to make small tweaks? Um, I also have in the slate rack, I have the EOSIS airband EQ and the earth, which is the the low band EQ. They're sitting there as well. Um, Should I need to do any kind of um, low cut filtering or adding a little bit of air? Um, But again, first step, they're not doing anything. Um, so they're but, there, but they're turned off is what you're saying. Or are they left they're on? Si- they're left on. They're left um, on, but they're flat. Yeah, but, but they don't necessarily impart any kind of audio magic just by being on in oh, this case. Oh, come now. Everything's supposed to impart magic when it's left on, isn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, but in this case, they don't. The, the, that's not what they do. Uh, but I do have, after that, I have a, and this is going to sound possibly kind of weird, but I have two Masterbus compressors. You are correct. That sounds absolutely bizarre. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> um, again, I am using the uh, virtual bus compressors from Slate. I My favorite one, at least at the moment, is the what's called the FG Red, which is kind of an emulation of the Focusrite compressor. Um, and that does the heavy lifting. And it's not really even heavy lifting. I use very, very gentle compression. It could be like a two to one, maybe like a three to one, um, depending on the track, but it's very gentle and it's taking off a couple of dBs possibly, you know, just to add that glue, right? And um, that is on when I start a mix. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I may adjust there is, or not may adjust, that I will adjust depending on the track tempo and all this kind of thing is, of course, uh, attack and release times uh, so that it's not too aggressive, that it's taking too much. So here's a question for you on the attack and release times. Yes. A lot of the times with delays, you might look up a tempo chart Mm-hmm. to figure out the milliseconds that you're going to do or the amount of delay in some fashion. Do you do the same thing with your attack and your release on your compressors? Do you have like a, a tempo chart that tells you this is X amount of milliseconds and this is how it's going to divide out? 99 times out of 100, no. Hmm. I don't do I just do it by ear. Um, I've done that on 
things where I might have um, a certain effect on a rhythmic element of the song. Let's say like a snare drum or anything like that. But on the full mix, no. Okay. I, I, I don't do that. Uh, it's doable. Just uh, asking. Yeah. No, it's a good question. But I tend to um, just do it sort of uh, by ear mm. in, in kind of see. So I, I'm not getting too much of a squash is kind of what, what it kind of comes down to. Yeah. I don't want to like squeeze that too much and just get all the life out of it. Uh, so, but I do that. I have same thing, obviously with the release. Sometimes I even opt just for auto release. If that sounds good, I'll leave it there. Um, other things I tend to do is on this particular compressor, there is a uh, high pass filter that is for the detection. So I roll off a lot of the uh, low end up to maybe like 100, maybe even 150, but that's just for the detection. So it doesn't roll it off in the mix. It's just to, not to tr have that trigger the sure. compressor yep. necessarily. I get it. Good. So that that's my first compressor, and that's what does the actual <laughs> compression. Then I have also just on there the FGMU, and that compressor is not emulating one particular unit, but it is kind of a cross between a Fairchild and a Manly compressor. And the only reason I have that on, not doing any compression at all, is because it actually adds this or it adds to the sound by just being on it, just like you were alluding to before. <laughs> uh, and it adds it's got some nice... juju that it's imparting to the sound with doing nothing. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, but you definitely hear it just turning it on and bypassing it. Um, it adds a little bit of like a mid range bump. To it that can just add a little bit of clarity so i know amazing <laughs> the man right? who hates mid-range is adding mid-range <laughs> i only hate mid-range when guitars. it comes to your old guitar tones <laughs> yeah, um so that, that can just bring a little bit of clarity to that so, so that that's basically what i have on there at all times i may or may not uh this is usually a later stage but um when I go to print mixes or later on in the mix stage, I may have a uh, tape emulation as a last step there as well, depending on the type of track that is. If I, if I want that kind of tapey juju type of <laughs> vibe. <laughs> tapey juju. <laughs> yes. It, it's uh, a well spoken. Sounds like sir. a drink. Well right? spoken. Tapey yeah. juju. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, so, so that that's my master bus. Um, so I start there. Now I mentioned the EQs and things before. Should I go into that, or should we talk about well, yours? No, no, no. Because mine's are way mine. Mine gets way more complicated. So let's let's talk about your EQ things. Because you you're saying that you have all this stuff. It's on, but it's not technically being used as initially, you're doing the yes. mix initially. Yeah. So. How do you make things not be used? I mean, is the EQ just sit at 12, uh, 12 o'clock or, or your compression is yeah, off? I mean, there's how, basically, how are you doing Yeah, there, there's basically no boost or cut to any other bands initially. Uh -huh. Now, I use, um, like I said, the, the custom series, which is a very gentle slope. And that is 
only use sort of like at the end toward the mix if I feel like I need a little bit of sweetening, maybe a little bit of a boost in the low end, right, uh, right. maybe a little bit of top load sheen, that kind of thing. Um, like Charlie. Something, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Caught um, you off guard right there. It was almost a Trudeau moment. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Um, yeah, I had to think about that one for a second, but well played, sir. Um, so a little bit of that, and I may also, something that I noticed that I do relatively frequently, and that probably says more about my room than anything else. But um, And that is? I, uh, that is, I tend to cut a little bit around, let's say, the four to 600 range, that type of thing. Maybe, and I'm talking small cuts here. I'm talking, you know, maybe up to 2 dB. If that, okay. you know, and it's just kind of massaging that. Um, if I feel like I add or I want like a little bit more air, we, mm. we like air. Um, I use the air band EQ. And again, it's maybe a dB and a half or something like that. If I need it, that you have to be pretty careful with, because I find that. It sounds super sweet when you're mixing to it or mixing it and listening to it. It's like, oh, that sounds awesome. More, 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 more. And then it's just this sizzle and it's just super fatiguing, right? So uh, <laughs> I guess it depends on your them. Airband EQ, doesn't it? <laughs> well, no, it depends on how fatigued your ears are when you're listening to that. But yeah, it makes things, that. oh, it's nice and bright. Um, it So it does an amazing job, but um, generally, you know, I, I would say that the rule of thumb is like if you have to do too much processing on your EQ-wise on the mix bus, then you, your mix is wrong. Yes, yeah. I would agree with so, that statement right there. If you are having to do such drastic, gigantic moves on your master bus, yeah, shit's wrong somewhere else in the mix. <laughs> right, yeah. So, oh, there's too much low end. I got it. Okay, well, then turn down the bass or the kick or whatever happens. Whatever is creating so, that low end, of course. Right, yeah. So it, we're talking minute things. And, and these are things that I, I, I would only start EQing on my master bus towards the latter stages, obviously, of, of the, the mix. When I'm like, 95 percent there and i just want that extra little stuff yeah, that so that that's why push, it's nice to do that that push yeah. over the cliff exactly but these go to 11. that's right um, yeah so <laughs> that's my mix bus yay for your uh, mix bus Woo! let's have a party yay me yeah no but but that that works well for me and the reason i like to have um the uh, master bus compressor on at all times is because i i like to mix into it so you hear how much that's going to affect because i do have other buses as well that you're going to allude to um, mm. coming up here where there already is like certain compression happening so i want to make sure i'm not overcooking stuff and as the mix builds it's just you know keep everything's nice and nice and tight tight spongy loose controlled however you want it to act. yeah Spongy is not generally use a term I would use for <laughs> in anything kind of um, positive when it comes to audio. But uh, yeah, all the above, I guess. <laughs> Except uh, for spongy, apparently. <laughs> yeah, spongy is like, ooh, wow, that sounds really great. It's really spongy, said yeah, nobody can really ever. really sit right? right in that. Yeah, 
<laughs> so, but what about you? What, what, what about you me? Well, let's take a moment for our sponsors to sponge up some of your time, and then we'll talk about me. Sounds good. All right, and we're back. We're now talking about my style of mixed bus. I have a feeling I'm going to need a sip of coffee. Here, so. <laughs> Everybody better get whatever it is that keeps them alert. If you need no dose or a shot of Adderall and some coffee, I don't know what it is that keeps you up, but <laughs> prepare to sit back, strap in and go, what the fuck? Um, essentially, I don't have something on a master bus per se because when you're most people when they talk about the master bus they're talking about the final two track if it's a stereo mix if it's a surround sound mix you're talking five one to seven one or eight one or nine one or however many one um that's a different animal yeah Yeah. a whole different animal there uh where everything is going to one specific final stereo left right mix channel That's why they call it the master bus. I don't do that per se. I do something a little bit different and it has more to do with my bizarre workflow savings for future mix options, I guess is the best way to say it. In in mix options by saying multiple versions of the mix going all at once. Yes. And this is, you know, I've seen your mix template and it's, <laughs> it takes a PhD in, in mixing or something to understand, right? It's not quite that bad, but it is, it's important to, um, I think, make the distinction here that that has grown out of a need and in a need for simplicity to do, like you said, multiple mixes and things that, that you frequently do. Yes. So, um, so explain that that process a little bit for us, if you would. Okay. So most people, when they're mixing a song, will mix, like, they'll bust down their mixes. They'll have all their drums grouped to a bus. They'll have all their guitars grouped to a bus. They'll have all their synthesizers grouped to a bus. Anything happening bass, generally grouped to a bus. Vocals grouped to a bus, etc. And then from there, that's usually where they go down to the two-track mix. Yeah. That's the general way. And I'm assuming that's how you kind of do it too, because I've seen your mix templates, Mm -hmm. and that's essentially what you're doing. You're grouping all of the similar instruments into a bus that then feeds to your master bus. Yeah. And I, on an A side to that, I think when the more... um, I, I think I'm going to try your method when I do more production music, you know, when I do that. So, so my description here is generally overall now how I do things, but when I'm right. doing production music, I think I'm going to adopt y- your idea there because I think it's very, very effective. It is. It's, it's effective for artist mixings of songs too. It's just, you have to get used to the workflow, I think. Yeah. And the, reason why I do what I do, especially if you're dumping out like seven or eight alternate mixes of the same song and you do that by hand, by one mix channel bus, you have to do that like seven or eight times. That's a lot of work to just sit there and wait and then flip something off, do the next bounce, 
flip it back on, flip the next thing off, do the next bounce. That's a pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Real pain in the ass. So I've devised a mix template that is substantially more complicated from the initial go, go about of doing a mix, but makes right. the end result something where it's one pass to do all eight submixes, so to speak. Right. Yeah. So it keeps. I think a we could probably simple. spend a whole episode talking about that at some point in the future. Which I oh think yeah, yeah, we yeah. Should. which we should. Uh, we definitely should right. because it is a very, very different way to look and deal with a mix, and it is. It can seem complicated once you understand it. It's really not that complicated, but who knows? Maybe at some point it just becomes, "Hey, did you white sides that mix?" Kind of like how people go, <laughs> "Hey, did you Brower that mix?" Um, already at this point, because Brower's he's notorious for what? It's parallel processing on his stuff. I think. No, he uses multiple buses. Multiple buses, he, but they're all parallel. He sends different things to different yeah. buses, and then they bus back to the to the one grouping bus. Yeah, so it it yeah. it's sort of like that, but it's not exactly right. that. So yeah, he's got yeah. his Brower method. I've got the I guess apparently the Whitesides method. Anyway, yeah. uh, to simplify it, that's yeah. In terms of like how we could do it for this particular podcast, I essentially have two master buses to think about. And one of those master buses is all the musical instruments. The mm -hmm. other master bus is all the vocals, if it's a vocal song. Thus, I have two master buses that then feed down to your stereo mix. Right. That's the simplified version of what I do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because what I actually do gets a little bit more complicated than that. So essentially, I have two buses that are set in my mix template in the simplified terms that all of the musical buses from drums to guitars, basses, synths, any like sousaphone, whatever it is, is all being eventually bussed to a music bus labeled as such the musical instruments bus. I leave nothing on that bus while I'm mixing. I do the same okay. thing for all the vocals. All the vocals will go through their little stages and then finally route down to a vocal bus. I leave nothing on those channels as I mix. Once I am done with the mix to a certain extent where I'm like ready to say, okay, I'm near the finalization of all this. That's when I route them into these two buses so that I can then balance between the music and the vocals if something needs to change on the fly. That gives me the option to automate between the levels of the vocal, the levels of the music. Then... Generally speaking, on the music bus, I will likely route a tape plugin. Most often, it's the Studer A800 by Universal Audio. From there, that, I will. So that that's your first. That's step. the first that's thing. The first it's step. as if I'm coming off the off the tape deck, going into the output. I don't do the tape last on that. I do it as if it was coming from the tape, as if the playback was coming from tape. Got it. I don't know why I chose that method. It's just generally what I do. <laughs> if it works, it works. It, you know, it works, it works. So then from there, I choose some sort of compressor for the music bus. Generally for the music, I go more along the lines of either an 1176 or... A Fairchild, 
Another good one that's good to use on that bus is the distressor. And then right. past that point, the next thing that I may or may not have on there is an EQ. And more often than not, it's literally for little doses of certain things. Minute yeah. doses, we're talking not much. And generally, it's probably going to be the Mog EQ4 for that yeah. process. Mm -hmm. So when I'm dealing with the music and I'm coming off the tape, the tape is literally at unity. So if I flip it off, the volume's not changing. All it's supposed to do is just provide a little bit of that quote unquote tape glue that you were mentioning before. Yeah. Hitting the transients. Hitting the transients, there, yeah. doing its thing and just kind of providing a little bit of that vibe for tape. <laughs> um, from there, the compressor is literally set to a point where the attack is generally pretty slow. Yeah. So that it's not like trying to gobble up on things real quick. And then the release is set fairly quick. So it's mm -hmm. not doing a lot in terms of the amount of like how quick it's coming in and how long it's holding the sound. Of course, that is program dependent, but generally speaking, I keep it fairly slow on the attack and fairly quick on the release when it comes to the bus. The amount that I'm compressing literally is just kissing the signal. Right. And by that, I mean, it's not like a deep throat French kiss where I'm compressing <laughs> 10 dB. I'm literally kissing it like a little peck on the cheek kind of thing where I'm hitting maybe 2 dB if I'm lucky. Right. If it's going over 2 dB, I back it off because it, it shouldn't be doing much because I know that down the mastering stage, when the mix has finally gone off to mastering, they're going to hit it with some more compression. So I'm trying to be very gentle with the amount, no matter what yeah. compressor I use, whether it's a distressor, the 1176, what have you. Uh, that's my music bus. Yeah. So my, you, you like to, um, you like to control just sort of like, essentially like spikes in audio that just to massage that a yes. little bit more, but it's not anything that really is going to affect the, the dynamic range or anything like that. It's just going to be even out the peaks a little bit. Right. That is okay. correct. So now on the vocal bus, it's similar depending on the vibe of the song. I am going to likely start with the Studer A800 from Universal Audio. Past that, I'm likely to throw on the most likely thing that I'm going to throw on is the LA-2A, the original okay. UA modeled LA-2A with the kind of bluey, bluish face. It's the old school one. It's the slowest compressor they have in the LA-2A market. And it just imparts some, as they would say, juju. That makes mm -hmm. it sound really good. And the amount that I'm kissing that with is literally it's going to touch the needle, is going to bounce maybe 2 dB, maybe 3, but not much more than that at all. And then after that, if I'm throwing any EQ on for any necessary reason, it's the MOG EQ4, and it's only for the air band at that right. point on the vocal bus. So... That's the split between those two buses. And once I've done those things where I've got those items on each one of those, I may need to make minor adjustments between the volume levels of both. 
in order to get the balance back. It doesn't generally go too far out of whack, maybe a dB or so uh, right. between the vocal and the music at that point. And then from there, that allows me to route various things for different mixes so that I can do all these particular alternate mixes for a piece of, for a song, piece of music, whatever it is, all at once, rather than having to sit there and bounce like four, five, six, seven, however many times you need to bounce multiple mixes for. That's the that's, simplified version of what I'm doing. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> But that's the fun part when you sit there and wait. <laughs> well, no, not really. <laughs> no, it is not. So I'd rather be alert. able to like just hit that button once and watch all the mixes print themselves at the same time and be like, yes. Now it's time for dinner. Yeah, that's right. Instead yeah. of like, hold on, dear, I have to wait until I bounce this five more times. Well, how long is that going to take? Well, the song is about three minutes and 20 seconds times that by six you're looking at close to an hour <laughs> yeah yeah no it's true yeah if you're doing it real time but yeah that is uh tedious. well the so, thing about uh, that's another thing i don't we can touch on right now is whether you're doing a real-time bounce or an offline bounce i tend to do all my bounces real time for a very specific reason because yeah. they do actually the things are different in terms of how certain mathematical things happen for whatever reason, I've done the knowing tests between yeah. offline and online bounces or real time and offline. There is a difference in how reverbs react. There is a difference in how certain plugins react to whether it's an offline or a real time bounce. It's weird. Right. But isn't that, could that be, um, explained by sort of like the analog behavior of that gear so even if you did let's it say could be. Um, an offline bounce twice or you know would they still null out probably not who knows yeah who knows? so i think I it, it's know. and what yeah and it's down to gear that has but that, the other thing too is in doing it in real time you can listen to what the bounce is doing and making sure that it's yeah. There. And then yeah. if you don't have right. to do it seven times, it's a one-time bounce and you know everything else is good. You're all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Oh, that's yeah. True. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's a very good process. But but also, um, you know, I think, and I could be wrong, but the way that you are doing your routing and everything that you pretty much have to do it that way. Yes. Because you, you're printing them to a different track, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm doing because I'm doing so many bounces, I can't do them offline. I have to do them all real time. Yeah. Which but is still a, you end up yeah. saving time anyway. Saving so a ridiculous amount of time. Instead of saving 20, 30 seconds per song, I'm saving multiple times of the three minutes or whatever <laughs> the song is. So Yeah. 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 So yeah, your bank account worth of time it increases. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. So, but um, to, I think that's a really good explanation there. But I think to, to sort of sum it up, um, your workflow really depends on, on all of this, obviously, what, what you're intending to do. But first off, we should say again, if we haven't already said it, that we're talking about, we're not talking about mastering air quotes here no 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 it's not about slamming an l1 or an l3 on there and just squeezing the crap out of it no that's that we're talking about mix bus thing at all (laughs) 
Yeah. So we're talking about that's like um, client masturbation version of mix or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we're talking about actually imparting something on there that, that we want to be there. That that's the part of the sound that, that uh, we want the mix to sound like, uh, the mastering part is something completely different. And, um, so that's not what we're doing here. Now, that's not to say that sometimes when I do a sort of like a, a bounce version for a client they might want one that's like oh, i want one that competes with loudness that then i will do a bounce but that's not the bounce like, right that's for somebody to to listen to in their car or whatever without having to feel like it, oh it's so much lower in level you know yes so, here's so. another thing that actually i i probably should bring up there's probably a fair amount of listeners who use the sonar works yes. plugin to yes. correct problems in the room. And, <laughs> and Chris and I are no exception to that. We both use it as well. And the thing about that is, is if it is on your master bus, as it should be in the very last point in the system, if you are doing a bounce from your master bus, from your two track master, you have to turn that thing off before Tell you do, do before you do the bounce, <laughs> otherwise shit doesn't come out sounding right. And yeah. the benefit to my method of my templates is I don't have to turn that off. My signals as they get recorded, so to speak, my two track mixes yeah. never touch that bus that's at the end of the chain, so to speak, the actual yeah. master volume bus in Logic or in Luna or whatever DAW that you happen yeah. to be using. Because of that, I don't literally have to turn it off, which is a nice feature. I don't forget like, oh shit, I bounced that with the sonar works on. I've, I've done that more times than I care to admit. And but. I'm sure there's many people that do use sonar works that must have some sort of checklist that says, don't forget to turn off the sonar works before you bounce the master yeah, or bounce yeah. the mix oh, kind of thing. I, uh, yeah, the mix sounds weird. Oh, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Because it's compensating yeah. for my room. <laughs> Why is there an extreme amount of bass in this thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, take it from me. Turn that stuff off. Right. Or uh, if you use bouncing. a complicated or template. Use your method, yeah. Such as mine, then you won't have yeah. to worry about that because it's not affecting that part. Yeah, good, good point. Good point to bring up. But yes. it is a great piece of software. It yeah. is a fantastic piece of software because yeah. not everybody has the ideal room to mix in. Yeah. Or the ideal headphones to mix on and right. to alleviate that problem, Sonarworks is a kick-ass piece of kit. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. It, it is very glaring because it has, I mean, it comes with already these profiles for, for different manufactured headphones. And if you pull up the profile for said, or for said headphones, it's... Just to see how they hype the sound, it is unbelievable. Yes. Like it, 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 we see certain ones like, oh, my God, this is crazy. You know, <laughs> no wonder mine makes it sound dull if I'm mixing on this because it's it's adding like 5 dB at, you know, 6K or something. Sure. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So put stuff on your master buzz. Well, not. I have know, a reason for doing it. it. Don't just put yeah. stuff there for the sake of putting it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do the, you know, the, the what did we mention without saying any names to have the 20 plug Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that wasn't Don't. on a master bus. That was on a channel strip. 
yeah. And he had like yeah, would leave multiple out. instances yeah. of the same plugin in in various stages because they'd get to a certain point with the stage of the sound and be like, oh, yeah. we need to add this. And then they add another thing. And it's like, oh, and then this and then that. And you got like five plugins that are the same plugin doing similar things at different points in the chain. And you got like 21 plugins on a channel strip. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. kind of what I guess we're hinting at is you're doing that on your master bus. Something's wrong in your misc. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, so these are small sweetening things. Uh, and, um, they're not meant to be the heavy hand. Right. It's like the, the last little piece of touch up on the makeup or something like that you know yeah right so. before the mastering which is the final touch up of the makeup and the sheen and everything else it's yeah that's the yeah, make no, your mastering job make your mastering engineer's job easier by kicking ass on your mix yes right absolutely yes yep, there we go and that i guess is kind of like our final say uh say uh sirrah sirrah whatever that phrase is of like hey we're kind of done with today's episode aren't we i think we are all right I think we are uh so there we go yes uh, so go get greasy and have fun with your car. <laughs> yeah, I get to go have fun and get dirty with my car instead of my mix right now. Right. And with that being said, if you have something that you would like us to discuss on Inside the Recording Studio that you would like to know, send us an email or a comment or something and we will discuss it. Sounds good. All right. For everybody All right. out there and inside the recording studio land, we will see you.